to another edition of Sky Blue Fans TV. Mine's Mark Smith. Tonight I've been joined by a regular guests Ken Stewart and Glenn Watkin and we're also joined by Birmingham City supporters Tom Oxland and Gabriel Sutton. Uh, tonight we'll be talking about the fantastic win at Fulham today, 3-1 victors, which has now taken the Sky Blues up to 10th in the league, uh, six points away from a playoff place. Um, and then we'll be previewing the uh, the Friday, um, Good Friday match at Birmingham City. And we'll talk with Gabriel and Tom to go over um, Birmingham City's season and and um, previewing the game on that. OK, let's start with the game against Fulham. Um, we've got Ken on, on, on tonight, who's at the game today. Ken, um, before we go into the game, uh, start the game. Robbins goes with one change from the game at um, Forest. Todd Kane um, yeah. is on the bench, and Ian Matson starts with one up front. Was that was that expected in your view, and did you agree with that? Yeah, I had a funny feeling he might do that. To be fair, uh, because of the injury situation. But um, but yeah, it worked well. It was uh, one of them games where we didn't make any subs at all. I thought he might have changed it through the game at some stage, but he never. So, fair play to him. He got it right. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it's what I expected, I suppose, in the end. I thought, I thought he might do that because of the injury. Yeah. Glenn, on, on to the game. Um, what what was different between, obviously, apart from that we won the game, but in terms of performance, what was different between the Forest game and today's game? Was it... You know, was it the fact we just were a bit better and a bit more clinical in your view? Uh, yeah, I think we were a bit more clinical. I think Fulham, in comparison with Nottingham Forest, I think Forest were a lot more solid. Um, I think Fulham, all, all all the way through the game, and they got progressively worse as they, as they made more substitutions, they got more and more disjointed and lost the shape. Um, I think both Matson and... Victor got in a lot of times on Nico Williams down that side um, and I think it's Tossin and Ream and even Robinson I don't I think I think they're back back four and the goalkeeper even though they're all pretty much internationals either at youth level or full internationals I thought they were quite poor defensively I think Nottingham Forest with Steve Cooper his sides are very very solid and I don't think they gave up the chances that that Fulham did really um, which was which was quite surprising because you look at that team. A lot of them have played Premier League football, um, and and we really did all the way through the game cause them no end of problems. Yeah, no, I mean, I, mean, I, I must admit, at the start of the game, I was thinking, can we keep it down to three or four? You know, nil. That's that's how I felt at the start of the game because I just didn't feel massive, didn't feel confident. I mean, against. Although having said that, the Forest game, we were always in the game, but we just didn't take them chances, and that that was the that was that's the difference for today. Ken, first goal um, from a from a corner from from Hamer and um, Mark yeah. glance into the far corner. Um, yeah, great goal, wasn't it? Just just quite easy. Yeah, it was. All defending with Fulham, but what a what a goal! It was and uh, it's nice. It makes the change first to score from set pieces, doesn't it? Uh, because uh, we don't do that many from set pieces to be honest for that season. 
but yeah, it's nice for him to score. Um, I've just seen him back, and um, yeah, they're good, fantastic. He's down the other end from where we were, but um, yeah, it's always good when he goes in, and uh, I think everybody was um, jumping for joy when that went in, and uh, just whole hoping that uh, Fulham wouldn't, you know, go back up the other end and score. But uh, it, you know, it worked in our favour, and we went on and got a second. Yes. Yeah, I just want to say what we did really well on that corner was we got Jokerez in front of the goalkeeper and he pinned the goalkeeper back and the goalkeeper yeah. couldn't come for it. And I actually thought that's the most corners I think we've had in the game for a long while. And pretty much every one, bar I think the last two where Matson and Hamer had them, were really dangerous and we all we looked like we were always going to score off them. Which is ironic when we had we probably hadn't got our aerial threat. We we hadn't got Faz. Um and Clark Salter had been doing quite well for his winning win winning the ball in the air. So it was um it was a good um good good to see we've learned and we'd obviously done a bit of work on the training ground and exploited a potential problem that they had. Yeah, I think it's like I mean we haven't scored a lot of goals with set pace pieces this season, have we? I think it's maybe maybe four or five. I mean it's it's, it's a few, but over the course of what, forty games, that's not a lot, is it? But I thought it was a it was to me, I mean, from a Fulham angle, it looked poor defending for me. It just looked like it was a free header from what I saw. Yeah, playing, of course, but it, it looked a bit like the Reading goal that Rose scored. He looks like he just yeah. got a run and got something on it. But yeah, um, I think yeah, it was, though, it was good, and I think it went in possibly off there, lad, lad Robinson. But yeah, I think the goalkeeper had a bit of a nightmare. To be fair, he didn't. I think you could point the finger at him for all three goals that we scored. But we'll take that bit of luck that we got definitely. Yeah, and then Ken, um, 2 0 up. I mean, absolute dreamland uh, through Lisa mm. Jokeres. I mean, obviously, brilliant goal, but mm. obviously, their keeper has made an absolute howler, which um, you know, I don't really yeah. care about. But that, you know, that, that was um, an important goal just to give us that, that bit of a cushion. Definitely, because that's what we needed, you know. And we, you know, when you go 2 0 up, you can relax a little bit, or even though we. You can never really relax sort of against Fulham, I suppose. But uh, at the end of the day, when you go to the lot, you're in a better mood, aren't you? And it was absolutely tremendous um, in the away when we were a lot. Um, we, you know, it got to a stage really we should have got third, and really before our time, we missed a couple of chances. So um, it was just nice to get the two, and because uh, as you know, we normally concede first, so it's nice to to go two nil, two a lot. It was brilliant. Yeah. I think it's I think it's one of those games where once you get that that two nil lead, it's 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 imperative in certain especially in the second half not to concede early. And Glenn, that was I think credit we have to credit defense defense our defense today, and also Simon Moore. He made some quite important saves, you know, to keep us at two nil, and then later on in the game two one. You know that that's that, I guess that's one thing uh, we need to keep going now for the next what six games. It's just keep those level of performances up because although playoffs at the moment are still a bit of a pipe dream, it's still possible, isn't it? Yeah, there's certainly, like I think I'd, we'd said in the group chat, it was almost like a cup final. It was our last throw of the dice. And if we were going to lose or we were, we, we weren't, we were going to go out, go out and have a go. And I think that was as good as we've played as a unit. I'd probably say going back to the Southampton game, I thought we defended a lot of the crosses well. I know they got in on some of, some of the chances, but Mitrovic barely had a kick. I don't think Harry Wilson did anything to notice. Kabang 
Kamano, I think he hit the bar once, and Carvalho was non-existent. So we've probably got, we've probably nullified four of the best attackers in the league, and we've done it twice, really. They've barely had a, anything of note. So um, Michael Rose was superb. Um, he, he had a bit of a, not his best game on on Wednesday night. Um, I thought Hyam was superb again. And I thought Bidwell was, was class. The guy looks brilliant at left left uh, left centre back in a three and Matson was superb and and Dabo Dabo did a great job on Cabano again so did, did, really did really well and you're right Moore's made a couple of cracking saves um so yeah it was the Alamo came but I suppose when you look at the goal they scored I don't know what you guys his opinion on the goal it, it was a bit of a soft goal and it actually come off our own attack and we, we had the yeah. chance to break it up but Hamer's on a silly yellow so we can't break the trip the pile up and stop it um so yeah, it was it was a good finish, I say, for Reed, but I I I think we if Fulham had got anything, I'd have been very disappointed. I, I know they had probably more chance shots on goal, but I don't think any of them were really, really, you'd say, great, great. I think there's one late on with more anywhere he's somehow just got something on it. I don't know how. And that's probably the only chance really that I've I felt really nervous on. Yeah. How, how, was it like Ken the stands obviously at two one? Was there a lot of like anxiety, a bit of nerves from the track. <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. Every time we thought we were clock, clock watching when that goal went in, and um, we just thought, you know, just, just play, take your time and play, play for time. But you know, because they're so they're so dangerous when they go forward, aren't they? They've got so many good players, and it'd be just a lot to see again. But you know, we were still harried on, we still pressed on, and uh, kept fighting to the end, and. Uh, we got a goal, you know, that's through, through their mistake. We capitalised on it and um, and finished it off to make it 3-1. And that was such a relief when that third goal went in because uh, it was game over then, wasn't it? And it was, um, we needed to have the points in the bag, which was fantastic. Yeah, um, again, another goal going on in, in Coventry time. As, you know, as, as I've lost count of the goals we've scored this season in Cov time. It's, uh, it's, 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 nice, it's a nice feat to have that and hopefully... Uh, we don't concede any goals in cough time. In terms of in terms of the game and and obviously where we are in the league positionally, where do you think Coventry can finish this season? In your view? I think it, it's all basically. I think it's on the next two games. I think most of us, if you offer us four points now, we'll take it. I think that would be. I think we'll probably draw at Blues, and I suspect we'll draw at Bournemouth, and that'll kill us off. I've just got a sneaky feeling we'll get something against Bournemouth. Um, and I, I'm not convinced by his away at Blues. Just you look at the games, we just draw. You could probably, if you've got any, want to have a bet, a draw is very predictable on it. Um, but I, I'm very pleased with that we've shown that we haven't let the season go off. I mean, there was like, I read a few people reviews on the game like lump on Fulham, have that on Fulham, cover cover on the beach already, and we didn't show that attitude. We wanted it more. Uh, you, I listened to a couple of Fulham fans. There's one who did a, a show afterwards, and he said fair play, Cov wanted it more than us. And that's quite quite positive because it would have been easy to go there. We've had Shipperley cry off Hill. We've got two goalkeepers on the bench. We're down to the bare bones. We've had a tough week and we've rolled our sleeves up and we outplayed the best team in the league by, by Country Mile and we've done it twice. Yeah. And Robbins got it right. He, he tweaked the tactics, played Allen a little bit deeper and it worked to masterstroke. And to be fair, on Wednesday night, bar a bit of a fluke, a fluky goal for the Brendan Johnson, 
and we take one of our chances like we did today, we'd have got something there as well. So it was really, really positive. Um, I'd be happy with top 10. Um, I just think, just try and win the next game. That's what I've said for the last few weeks. Try and win the next game and see where it takes us. I think we're probably going to be six, uh, three to six points short, but that's massive progress. And yeah. you, ne- you never know because there's there's a few other teams that people ain't talking about who, who could make a late rush, rush for the playoffs. Swansea, I got a run. Millwall, no one talks about. I don't think yeah. it's cut and dried. I think East, the next two games over Easter, I think the picture will change again. Including yeah. who's in the top two. Well, I think Bournemouth, whether they're, they're going to be clear, clear in the top two. And obviously the playoffs, there's a lot of teams playing each other. So. Yeah. Uh, Ken, you want, want to make a comment? I think Ken's just entered the triangle. I think your your line your line's really bad. I'm just going to your line's really bad. I'm just going to mute you. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I think I think a lot can lot can happen. I think between um, next couple of games. Um, I mean, me personally today, at the start of today, I was thinking I don't want to go to you know we could be like 16th at the end of the season. You know, because it's very very tight between you know 10th to 16th. For there's not many points in it. And now today I'm thinking after a win, we, could we get can we get to the playoffs? So I'm already, I'm already thinking of ten places, you know, jump. And that's just how, that's, that's kind of what the championship's been like this season. It's been there's been some crazy results. I mean, you know, no one would have if someone said to me at the start of the season on aggregate we'd have beaten uh, Fulham or seven two. I think a lot of people would be laughing at that because no one would have believed that. But I can say, you know, hand on heart, when I was at the game at the CBS. We deserve to beat Fulham 4-1. It wasn't a fluke. We, we played some exhilarating football and we we, we, we thoroughly deserve those points. And then I look at other games this season and we'll touch on it with, with, with our friends at Birmingham City where we didn't play well and we didn't take our chances and we, we got a point and that wasn't good enough. And we've had games like this season where we've, we've dominated teams without taking our chances and then we get hit on the counter and we, and we concede and we lose. And that's been a slight, that's probably why we're not quiet in that playoff zone because I think I think we're good enough. It's just it's just maintain that, that that consistency of, of performances for me. Um, but I mean to beat Fulham three one is the stuff of dreams for me. And I mean that's not you know Fulham are really a Premier League side. You know I know I know they're not you know the Premier League all but name because they only need what one win or whatever it is to get promoted. So to do the double on them, whatever happens after this season is, is a great achievement. Uh, Glenn. Yeah, I'll say you just look at our record against the good the big teams. It's been really good this season. Um, so that's a massive, massive positive. But you're right. There's, I think, probably ne- end of November, December time. Like I said, we had a run of games where we dropped points. We drew at Sheffield United. We drew against Blues. We lost against West Brom, which we probably shouldn't have done. We drew at Huddersfield, should have won. And then we had the games called off due to COVID. We had the hoo-ha over Millwall. Was it on? Was it off? And then we lost against them. And that that probably that's probably done us. But if we can. If we can keep it in, in there, we take it to the last two games of the season, and we'll be happy. And you don't know, like I said, if we did get into the playoffs, we we, we would be threadbare, and we are threadbare at the moment. Um, so we're going to need a bit of luck. We're going to need Hamer not to get booked for the, the remaining five games. We're going to need Vic to stay fit, and we're going to we can't afford any any injuries. But it's interesting, and there's been wacky wacky stories in the 
in the championship before on it. Um, there's been some crazy stuff. Um, I remember like Blues have stayed up against the odds a few times on the last day, and there's Swansea got in the playoffs when Forest absolutely choked it. So you, you never say never. Um, but yeah, I think probably probably re- being a realist, it'll be probably done and dusted after the Bournemouth game that we're not we're not going to make the playoffs. Being mm-hmm. a realist, but it, it's been a fun and we've done we've probably four points from the weekend. The worst result in the worst return in, uh, in it of the run of games we've had. Yeah, Ken, what's the, what's the view on with the with the fans? Do we believe that you know playoff faster possibility or or realistically it's not? Yeah. I think so. I think most of the people on this coach here tonight, I think still soon we've got a chance. You never know. I think Victoria's nodding ahead. <laughs> She's, uh, but yeah, why not? She's still got a chance. She's got a chance. Why it's mathematically impossible, you know, not impossible to do it, then you've still got a chance, haven't you? Still points to, points to be won. And you just got to take every game, although it's going to be, you know, I suppose highly unlikely, but you just never know. Never say never. Yeah. Uh, we know we've dropped, dropped points where we shouldn't have. Um, we would have been in a better position. Now we should have at least another, probably another nine points on the board and we would have been up right in it. But you just never know in this league, do you? Anything can happen. And while it's still possible, you just keep taking every game as it, can, as it, as it comes. Yeah. Uh, Glenn, you want to make a comment? No, I was just going to say that, um, I'd say how, how proud I am. Of the team and the, the way sport was brilliant today as well. You, you could only hear, I watched it on Sky and you could only hear one set of fans there. There was only one set of fans making any noise and it was us again. So it's great to see the the fan base sh- showing how good we can. And a result like that today will only help us in attracting players to the club in the summer. Shows how potentially how big we can be. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's I think it's one of them games. I feel. So positive tonight as a fan, and also I thought I thought Jokeres again for me, arguably for me he's possibly up there a player of the season. I don't know what your thoughts are, guys. I think the fact he's there's been a lot of games this season he's had to leave the line on his own, but yeah. he, he he's been brilliant. Okay, he's, he's missed the odd chance here and there, but his his goal stats this season are still very good. He bullied them. He bullied them today. I thought he was at, he's, he's outstanding today. He's big big. He led the line brilliantly, and I thought uh, him, along with quite a few others, to be fair, were outstanding. And uh, you know, we well deserved to win today. There was nothing lucky about that win. Uh, we could have had a few more goals there, Mark. To be honest, that's yeah. by far, by far the best performance for me this season. Yeah, great stuff. So yeah, that wins today uh, lifts the Skybridge up to tenth, and then. Next game, we welcome, or we will be travelling, shall I say, to Birmingham City. Um, and we've got two guests tonight. We've got Tom and Gabriel, Gabriel Sutton and Tom Oxland. Welcome to, the, to our podcast, guys. Um, let's start with you, Gabriel. Birmingham City, um, how do you how do you assess their season so far? Has it been a, a disappointing season under Lee Bowie? And what's, what's, the, what's the view about Bowie from Blues fans? Is he under pressure, would you say? I, w- I would say he's not under pressure um, in terms of this season because I think that a lot of Blues fans are actually feeling quite patient in the sense that um, <clears throat> we've been in um, one of the, I think it was Glenn who mentioned, uh, the last day survivals that we've had previously, especially that Cadiz header. And there's been lots of those in, in the last sort of seven, eight years where we've just managed to do enough to stay up. Um, I would say there's been slight progression um, this season, um, not huge progression by any means. Um, 
I think Lee Bowyer, it'll be a big season next season for Lee Bowyer and Craig Gardner, who's technical director, in terms of next year, because we're probably going to see a bigger turnover of players this coming summer. So I think that's when they'll really be be judged. I think there's been elements of progression this year, though, and I think maybe without the injury crisis that we've had um, at times this season, we could be a little bit higher than we are. Um, so it's been it's been OK, uh, but we'll probably be wanting better things next year. Yeah, and um, Tom, obviously, last last game yesterday at Nottingham Forest, I think he went to the game 2-0 defeat. Um, what was your assessment of the game from a Blues perspective? Um, realistically, we never went into the game expecting to win at all or even get a point from it. Um, I think we were hopeful of potentially sneaking a draw, but you look at the way we set up, um, we just set up to match them and p- purely that. I don't really think we had much tactically going forward. Um, I think we just looked to see if we could maybe hold out for a point. But when you go to games to play that way and you concede so early, it kind of throws everything out the window so soon. And it really did do that for us. I don't really feel like we had many sort of senior figureheads on the pitch for us in the game. Like no one really looked to command us um obviously guards being our captain at the moment um he has been playing really really well uh but even he had a bit of an off day um taylor richards probably showed some of his his brighter sparks at the moment um from that game he's not really had much chance to show that yet um but you know he might as he might be probably more than likely starting against cov so um hopefully he can take what was a relatively positive performance, particularly in the first half, into that game against Coventry. Um, but overall, you know, probably our most gifted player and our, our best attacking outlet is on El Hernandez. And we played him at wing back and he, he just got tore apart by Jack Colback, um, who's obviously not naturally a left wing back, but has converted to that role and has converted very well by the looks of it. So, um I didn't quite expect them to be as good defensively as they were, but Forest were excellent. I really couldn't fault them, uh, particularly at the back. Um, you know, it was a shame to lose the way we did, obviously. You know, Keenan Davis, Villa boy, scoring. I'm sure he'll probably frame that one. Um, <laughs> and then, um, you know, the second goal, it was it was always coming. It was just a question of how and when. Um, but, yeah, it's... It's a loss that we all expected. I actually expected us to concede more. So, if anything, I'm just going to take that as a positive and move forward with it. Um, on to the next game. Um, so, yeah, happy days. Nevin, got a question? I just wanted to know what Tom and Gabriel's opinion was with Bowyer. Is he, is he very stuck on his system that he always wants to play a back three and that means that he plays attackers kind of out of position. You've had like Jordan Graham playing right wing back. Obviously you mentioned Hernandez who's never a right wing back in a in a month of Sundays. Um Bella's played there, etc. And I just wondered what the atmosphere is at the club at the moment. Obviously I know there's both I think there's protests planned for Friday and there's been a few like spats on social media. I've seen like is it Ian Dutton or what is he something to do with it like a fan had caught, basically called out Craig Gardner over his his agenda and it was like he's answering it on social media and that just looks a bit bizarre <laughs> bizarre in a list of bizarreness from Birmingham over the years that's yeah. pretty much up there we we are just the circus that goes on to be honest <laughs> um you know sometimes 
fans think they know things and then it comes back to slap them in the face. And that was essentially what happened on Twitter the other day. Um, there, there was an image come out of um, Craig Gardner's wages. Um, were, they weren't actually, well, they were from when he was a player, um, but even then they weren't, they weren't that much. They were sort of what you'd expect, but they were... Uh, uh, a few fans thought that that was um, his wages now and there was a loyalty bonus um, and, yeah, everyone got a bit confused with that. Ian Dutton sort of put that rumour to bed and so did Dan Ivory or Al Majir, you might know him. And, um, yeah, so that that sort of settled that debate in the end. Um, as, as for Boya and the system, um, he has changed it a few times. Um, you know, sometimes we play a four at the back with a narrow diamond, which I, if if you put me on the spot, I would say we probably perform better in that narrow diamond. Um, but you look at the way teams are playing nowadays, realistically, to get out of the championship, you do have to play that three at the back system with wingbacks. It's become so popular to sort of move up the table. But obviously, you know, it, it's not the only way. There are other ways to do it. My, I myself, I do prefer a four at the back, but I'm not wholly against sort of the three at the back and then the wing backs in front. Um, I've just never really seen it work for Blues. I feel like that's been a saying over the last few years. We've always brought in managers to try and turn us into a wing back team, but it never, ever works. Bowie has probably come the closest in fairness. And um, I'd say we are sort of on the beach now, but we just need to get the right personnel in to actually play the system he wants. And then that might make the fans more happy because I think they just see, a lot of them just see the system not working and think, oh, we've got to change this, that and the other. I personally think Bo is just trying to get sort of his systems ingrained into the club so that when he brings in new players, it's just already there. Whether, the, whether our current crops suit that formation or not, it has worked at times, but obviously not often enough. But... That classical saying, it's just a transitional period, really. Um, what are your thoughts, Gab? <laughs> well, yeah, I was just going to add to what you've said, Tom, uh, because I think that the key to being a successful club, and I think Coventry have done this in recent years, and like me from four years ago would have been amazed that I'm about to be saying this <laughs> at Coventry City. But um, I think... Um, it's it's all about looking at you know this is the system that we want to play these are the players that fit a particular role in that system and uh you know tom uh, i think you alluded to it uh, glenn that boya has certainly the first half of the season been pretty set on that through the back system he likes a three four one two uh like to play sort of with uh to heath chong behind the front two uh initially before chong got injured and more recently he has gone with the diamond system with the options in midfield that we've had this season a lot of depth there so Bowie has shown that little bit of flexibility but i i look at you know we uh, we appointed Lee Bayou as manager and he's someone who likes wing backs. That's the system he's gone with. But then we signed Jordan Graham from Gillingham, who's a winger who would need a lot needs a lot of convincing to 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 adapt to playing as a wing back. We've signed Ernal Hernandez, um, who has certain defensive issues. He's great going forward. But I would rather him wide in a 4-2-3-1 than necessarily playing as a wing back. So there's these sorts of things where We've signed some good players. Um, Lyle Taylor, I think, is a good addition. I think Hernandez is a good addition uh, in terms of individual ability. But it hasn't always felt like there's been that joined up thinking that Blues are going to need if we're going to move forward. In terms of the game looking into Friday, um, in terms of personnel, does 
Does, does Lyle Taylor come back and, and Deeney come back? Um, I think I'm assuming Lyle Taylor's fit. Uh, would that be would that be correct? Um, go to Tom. I was gonna say I I was gonna let Gab take it because I, I feel like <laughs> I really I feel like I really hogged that last question and I felt bad. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, no, Deeney Taylor both back. Obviously Taylor only missed Forest because of him being on loan from them. Uh, Deeney's just coming back from injury and played the last ten minutes against Forest. Um, so yeah, and to be fair, it wasn't a bad for for such a short showing. It wasn't an awful performance from Deeney. Had a couple of chances, well half chances. Um, but yeah, so no, obviously two great attacking options to have, two quite different strikers. Um, but both, I'd say the, the, the thing that they both bring is, you know, that clinical nature. Um, and that was why we brought them in in the first place, because we lack that. Um, it, it depends whether we'd play both of them up front at the same time. Because um, I, I can't, I don't know whether they would work well off each other. They might, they might not. Um, I'd be open to trying it, but I feel like with Scott Hogan, although, you know, the goals are sort of dried up of late, um, he's a great striker to have as a partner um, and offers something very different compared to what our other strikers have. And that's just a bit of pace, really, just a bit of raw pace compared to some of the others. Um, so, yeah, it would be interesting to see what he goes with. I'd like to see Dini come back in, but I think right now Boya sort of favours Duke a little bit more, um, just down to Dini only coming back from injury. Um, but what frustrates me is when we play Duke, we seem to stop crossing the ball. <laughs> and then uh, when we don't play Duke, we do cross the ball. And it's like, where is the sense? <laughs> but it's it's one of those um, that, that can just be down to the fact that op opposition teams can see us bring on a player like Duke and think, right, OK, we need to stop them from crossing the ball. Um, whereas when we're playing with strikers like Scott Hogan, you know, if you'd only really look out for low crosses, anything high in the air, Hogan's probably not going to win it. So, um, yeah, it just it just depends on the setup. Um, but I wouldn't mind seeing Taylor and Dini up front. It would be something, though. Uh, Gab, same. Will you bring back Dini and, and Lyle Taylor for this game if you're a league buyer? Well, I think Lyle Taylor has brought something different to, to Blues. He's just made us that little bit more clinical, I would say, in the final third. He's got that bit of assurance about him whenever he gets the ball around the edge of the box. And, you know, in a couple of touches, he can uh, he can curl one into the corner. And I think that there's that that sort of um, bit of devilment has has really boosted Blues at times. And I think that's shown in, in Taylor's goal scoring record. I think it's three or four that he scored now after joining in January so uh, I think Lyle Taylor can make a, a big difference um, but yeah I mean I think when you have him and um, and Scott Hogan in the same attack uh, you're probably going to be needing to play the ball to feet or maybe to Lyle Taylor's chest as opposed to being able to go long uh, which is the option when you can go to, to Lucas Djukovic so uh, I think Lyle Taylor would make a big difference. Yeah Glenn you got a question for the guys? I, I just want to know that both takes on what the positives have been for Blues this season. I know you've <laughs> given, I know they've given a few youngsters a chance. Um, I think is it Gordon, the young that lad? Is probably the biggest positive, to be fair. <laughs> well, is I, it James yeah. as well. James is, I think, the lad who came on. He might have played against Cov, um, and it, I thought he looked quite decent as well. 
Yeah, we're really excited, I think, about uh, about James, because, Jordan James, because um, I think it's 11, 12 starts that he's made now, a few sub-appearances off the bench as well. And he's someone who seems to have a decent range of qualities, which for someone who's just 17 years old, uh, to be influencing games in the Championship and not looking out of place, I think that's incredibly impressive. It doesn't seem like Jordan James is the what is one that's necessarily going to get gazumped by bigger clubs. I've not seen uh, too many cases of uh, sort of Premier League clubs sort of linked with him. So we're kind of hoping that he's one of those players who we can start to build around over the next few years. And that's um, that really comes into the crux of what we've got to try and look at this season, because there's been, the Blues squad. Um, if you ask me to, to name the player of the year for Blues this season, I, I wouldn't really give you a convincing answer and I think that shows that we've had lots of injuries and it's been very disrupted and that's partly through having so many loan signings we've relied incredibly highly on uh, on loan deals this season which is good in one way but then it's not really how you build a, a squad sort of sustainably and then we've also got some older players as well the ones that are permanently contracted so really what we need to do is um, establish a core of maybe younger players that can bring a bit of value back into the club. We did that a couple of years ago with Jude Bellingham. Uh, hopefully we can generate a bit more value in this squad in terms of uh, saleable assets because I think that's a big priority for the rebuild as well. 100%. I think, um, yeah, it, literally the, the biggest positive for Blues this season has been bringing in all the young talent. Obviously, post-Jude, we've actually had a couple of decent young players. Last season, we had Amari Miller, um, he went on to move to Leeds at the end of the season, which was a shame. Would have been nice to see more of him, but um, good luck to the kid. Then we've got Nico Gordon, who's obviously started like five or six games now for Blues. And uh, Link's coming out today with some of some big Premier League clubs watching him. Um, could be just an agent stunt trying to get him to sign a new deal, but you, you never know. Uh, so Nico Gordon, he's been fantastic at the back. Marcel Oakley, in the, in the little glimpses we've seen at him, and actually one of those being at Coverway, um, he's looked a, a decent young player, uh, just needs developing a lot more, probably look more to next season for him. Jordan James has been fantastic, one of my favourite Blues players this season. And to be honest, if James had started more games, I'd probably pick him as my player of the season, but because he hasn't really started that many games over, over the last sort of seven or eight games, it, that sort of fades to me. Um, and then we've got Tate Campbell, who's uh, came on occasionally here and there. Um, and there's definitely a bit of talent. And obviously, George Hall, who's also attracting interest mm. from elsewhere. So there's lots of names, really. Um, and it's quite promising. And uh, I think it would just be good to take it all into next season. Uh, but player of the season-wise, you can't really pick one. I'd say first half of the season, you say Sarkic. And then second half of the season, I'd actually probably say Gardner, since he took the armband. Um, so, no, it's it's very tough to pick. It's just been one of those kind of dull seasons. But the young players have made it a bit more exciting. OK, I've got questions from Glenn and Ken. We'll go, go to you, Glenn, and then Ken after. I, I just wanted to know what the goalkeeper situation was, obviously, because you had Sar Sarcic and he did his shoulder and obviously he's gone back. And then Etheridge got quite a nasty. I think he got knocked out cold yesterday. Um, so that leaves you, I think, is it? Connell Truman? Yeah, Connell, Connell Truman and Zach Geacock. Who do you think will play out the two? Uh, probably Connell, just because he's got more experience. But it would be nice to see Geacock. Uh, we saw him start 
Uh, we actually saw Geecock start last season, the, the first game of last season against Brentford, where we kept a clean sheet and we uh, looked very comfortable. Um, and he's another one of those young, promising players that we do have. Um, a, an England youth international as well. Went on loan to Salford, didn't really work out for him, sadly. Um, didn't really get much game time. But yeah, I, I'd be open to Geecock playing. Um, he does seem to rotate. Truman and Geecock on the bench quite a lot, never seems to stick by one. But if I think he was going to back one, it would probably be uh, Truman. Yeah. Uh, Ken, you got a question for the guys? Yeah. Uh, just wanted to ask them what, what players in the in the Cov team do they fear on uh, Friday? If there is yeah. any, of course. Yeah, <laughs> I think Norm. From an outsider uh, point of view, where uh, the, the the three names that spring to mind uh, to mind for me are Gus Aimer, Callum O'Hare, and Victor Jokeres. Uh, I, I imagine your lot will uh, will agree with that. But it feels like Cov haven't really got the biggest squad, uh, and sometimes keeping players like O'Hare fresh has been a bit of an issue. But I think when you get those three players on song, you've got the creativity of Hamer, you've got the pressing and ball carrying ability of O'Hare, and then. Big Vic can uh, can put the the chances away. So those three players, to my mind, are really important for for Kov. Uh, I second that. I completely agree. I think Jukaresh is the one that I fear the most. O'Hare obviously has that Villa link, but for some reason, whenever O'Hare plays against us, he seems to miss the sitter uh, like every game. Um, there's at least one or two. Um, remember when we played you in the cup? Um, he missed a couple of sitters in that game. Um, even at the Rico, I remember he missed a good chance. So um, yeah, I'm not I'm not too scared of O'Hare. But now I've said that, I'm sure he'll go and score. Obviously after scoring today as well. Um, so yeah, and then then Hamer, despite obviously when he burst onto the scene, he was very exciting, scoring that goal away at Watford. Um, sounded very promising. Seems to have this season sort of quieted down a bit, but still quite consistent, and seems to love a yellow card. So. Uh, fair play to him um and yeah that i completely agree i think those are sort of the key men i don't i don't know whether you're playing dabo or not but i quite like him as a player um, yeah he played today he played today he did. Yeah. yeah fair play um so no you've got some good good talent really in that cough squad i don't feel like you've got any like mega stars and that's what i like about the team it seems to be a good sort of overall squad makeup um you know not not too many flair players just a hard working team and i think that's probably the epitome of a mark robbins team at the end of the day just hard working yeah of course it depends on what team turn up on friday you know whether it's to, to, to the team that played like so well as they did today or the team that played so poorly against like uh, when we played all the week so uh, you know it's all sort about on the day i think and uh, Hopefully we can get a result this time and won't um, and be no draws. Well, well, there hasn't been a league win in this fixture since 2011, so I wouldn't get your hopes up. <laughs> I think, it's, I think it's, uh, it's got to be one of the friendliest local rivalries of them all, isn't it? Really, I think the fact that we've already played at Birmingham obviously last season, it's just. It's got a night. Something has to give. Surely there has to be a result either way. Um, I think Keith Fahey, if I'm not mistaken, scored in that game in 2011. It was the first yeah. our first home game of the season that year, wasn't it? Yeah, 13th of August. I just had a look. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 suppose, I, I suppose you did beat us on penalties. I don't know if that counts in the cup. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we should have. We probably, considering you were in the league below, we probably should have beaten you. Considering we were a championship side, but we weren't great that season either. But when when are we realistically? Um, 
but yeah, no, I with with Cov, you're probably one of the few local teams that we actually have more wins against you than you have against us, um, which is very rare. Um, very rare. I mean, Wolves, Baggies, Villa all have more wins against us than we do over them. Uh, but with Cov, you seem to be an exception. So thanks. <laughs> Well, hopefully we'll be saying thanks to you after this game, but yeah. <laughs> you, got, you, got, you got a comment? I just wanted to just slightly go off topic, ask um, Gab's opinion, obviously, because he watches a lot of EFL football. Um, there's obviously rumours come out that Gus Hayman may well be a possibly on his way to Brentford, potentially in the summer for a fee, a substantial fee. I just wondered what your thoughts on obviously seen Brentford last season. Do you think Hamer would be a good fit for them? Um. I, yeah, I'd be really interested to see how he gets on there because I think what what Brentford I suppose have done really well is they've uh, adjusted to the Premier League by having a really strong, powerful, um, you know, brilliant on fitness, and uh, they they just seem like a really ruthless side in the Premier League from from Mike's sort of outsider's experience of watching them, and I think. Um, yeah, and, and and that's kind of been quite important. And then they've been able to add touches of quality to that with uh, Christian Eriksen, of course. Um, I yeah, I'd be interested to know from Coventry fans how how good uh, Gus Hamer uh, can be. Is he sort of 24, 25 now? Uh, I'd be really in, intrigued to see how far you think he can go as as a player. Um, uh, but. Um, but yeah, he's certainly been a really good player to watch in the championship and that uh, he's just capable of um, sort of that unpredictability. And I think that every team needs that that ability to, that, to have that midfielder that can keep you guessing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think my view on Hamer is I think uh, as an attacking, you know, his passing, his, his set pieces, um, fantastic, probably our best player technically. Mm. Um my my criticism of Hamer, I think defensively is is not always great at tracking back. I think he loses concentration. I think the fact that he's picked up so many yellow cards is an illustration of that fact. So I think that if there's something he needs to work on his game at the next level, I would say he needs to improve his defensive side to his game. But I think he's definitely you know you know like a rough diamond for me. He's a player that I think can get better and improve. He's definitely not the finished article in my view. Uh, I don't know what the views are, Glenn and Ken, but in my view, I think I think there's still there's still more to come from him. Uh, what do you agree yeah. with that, guys? Well, I'd say what well, he was outstanding today, um, but unfortunately, he's not outstanding every game. That's the problem. Um, yeah. That's prob- that's probably where why he's playing at the moment for us. Otherwise, he'd be in probably the Premier League as now. But on his day, he's, he's a match for anybody. But obviously, he does pick up a lot of yellow cards as well. So. Um, that's a big worry. Um, he's one away now from the suspension, so um, you know he needs to watch himself on that aspect. Certainly, when if he has to, if he does move on and go up a league, but yeah, I think it, if he did go up a league, he'd certainly he'd certainly do well. I think definitely do well in the Premier League. There's no reason why he shouldn't. His distribution of the ball is fantastic, and, 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 and he's He's just an all-round great player for me. He's been outstanding for us this year. Um, you know, when he's been on, we've lost him a couple of times through suspension. So uh, hopefully he can keep um, he can keep a lid on it and 
calm down a bit on the old yellow cards. But anyway, yeah. Do you think, um, Ken, that the, the yellow cards is almost part of the, the Gus Hamer package in a way? Because mm. it's like maybe because he plays on the edge that he's such a hard player. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I mean, but uh, some of them have been silly, like the descent. Well, and that annoys me really because there's no there's no excuse for that. Yeah, it shouldn't. Um, you don't mind if he does a tackle and he's playing one for the team, if you like, you know, tracking back and fouls the player, that's fine. But uh, a lot of them this season have been for dissent, you know, arguing or throwing the ball away or something silly like that. So that's the sort of aspect he needs to um, he needs to watch and keep a lid on. But aggression-wise, yeah, he's, he's definitely aggressive. He gets stuck in and he's not he's not he's not scared of a tackle. Put it that way. So. Um, but yeah, some of the cards this year have been silly, so he's only got himself to blame that he's missed quite a few games for suspension. Um, <laughs> from from looking ahead to this game from a commentary perspective, who do you fear from Birmingham? Obviously, we've asked the question to the guys from you know, who do uh, they fear for, for us. Who, I mean, for me, uh, Lyle Taylor for me is a big threat for them because I think he's got a really good eye for goal, and and Troy D's experience is also useful. Are they the biggest threats in your view ahead of this game? I think Lyle Taylor just got does always well against us. I think he's got a pretty decent scoring record against us from memory. He normally tends to play well going back back through his various clubs he's played out, which he's played out quite a lot. Um, I don't know whether he'll play, but Jeremy Bella normally has a good game against us from the FA Cup um, and other games. And I think probably the other... The other threat that are um, the Blues player that I quite I've always quite liked the look of um, is is Hernandez, but obviously he plays right wing back him against Matson. Matson could give him a give him a roasting, but Hernandez is always one I like the look of. I thought he played really well for Middlesbrough against us earlier in the season, but yeah, he's he's never a right wing back. And obviously Jordan Graham, he's a cough kid. I think he scored against us for Gillingham last year. He's another one who probably. Will come probably come to haunt us, as they tend to do ex-cough players, unfortunately, or cough lads. The other one I just thought was Mark Roberts with his long throws because I remember the last time out <laughs> at uh, CBS, and you know my heart was mad every time he said that long throw because he, he throws it miles. I mean, I don't know about he must be the longest throw in the division. I've never seen him on as, as strong as him, and maybe like a Rory Delap type of player, isn't he? He's is he is he been doing that a lot? Is there a lot of them goals this season from Burnley been scored through like the long throw guys? Or it's it's only ever worked once. It worked at Derby oh, away okay. last season, and it's never worked since. They are very threatening, and it is like having a free cross, but yeah. we just don't use it well. <laughs> we don't yeah. the the personnel we have sort of in the attacking areas just don't seem to take advantage of the chances. It is. It really is a great weapon that could be utilised, but we just don't really uh, seem to have the right game plan with it. <laughs> but I, I also think on the, the long throw issue um, that you, you can get an advantage if you've got the right personnel by launching it into the box yeah. and causing that sort of carnage. But then what you lose from that is the amount of time it takes to get everyone into the box and to uh, allow the opposition the time they need to set themselves up. So sometimes I would actually be in favour of going for a quicker throw and maybe catching the opposition off guard um, and I think sometimes it's it's actually a case of mixing it up sometimes going long and sometimes going shorter I think variety is um, is the key with that one really yeah 
Okay, guys, let's go to predictions for this game. Uh, we'll go with the blue corner and the sky blue corner after. So let's go to the host first, Tom, and then on to, on to Gabriel. What's your prediction for this game? Uh, oh, I don't know. Um, I'm feeling relatively positive, but not in a positive sense of, oh, we're going to go and win this game. It's more of a positive sense. Okay, we could get a point from this game if you look at sort of the remainder of our fixtures. I mean, I wouldn't rule us out because we do seem to defend quite well at home. Um, so, you know, if we can defend the way we did against West Brom, um, then that would be great. We'd definitely be able to get a point. But it's whether we can actually take our chances when they come. Um, but if Carl take an early lead or take a lead whatsoever, we won't come back into that game. We, we Out of any team... In the division this season, we've picked up the least points from losing positions, only picked up four, and they've all been draws. Um, so, yeah, we, we don't come back from behind to win in any games until this Friday. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, no, if I'm being perfectly honest, I can feel a 1-1 draw coming along. Um and I, I'd, I'd take that. I, I actually genuinely would take that. I'd be happy with that. I don't really want to lose to Carve, but it wouldn't surprise me if we do lose the game. I think you're probably more likely to win than we are. Mm. Um, but no, we, we seem to, if we if we turn up the way we did against West Brom, we can definitely get at least a point from the game. So I'd take a 1-1. I'm going to uh, up the ante a little bit and I'm going to say Blues are going to win. Uh, and the reason I say that is because I look at the Coventry side that would have given, taken everything out of you to win at Fulham. Now, don't get me wrong, it sounds like that was very much a deserved win and all credit to you because Fulham have absolutely annihilated teams sometimes uh, in succession. So I don't underestimate that achievement at all, but I think it's going to have taken a lot out of you. And uh, A, are some of those players going to be able to do what you, you've done this afternoon um, again on Tuesday or on, on Wednesday? Wednesday. Uh, and then the other thing is, if Mark Robbins decides to freshen things up, who have you got to come in? Um, the only two sort of obvious senior players on the bench from from today are Todd Kane and Martin Waghorn. Waggy's been obviously out of, of favour. Um, Todd Kane would be an option. But then beyond that, you're looking at Tavares, who's got quite a good record for the under-23s. Howley, who's supposed to be quite a versatile talent coming through the academy. Bapega as well. He's been on loan at Grimsby. Um, Kian Tyler as well. So these are players that um, have kind of come through the academy in the under-23 setup. Are they necessarily going to be ready to influence or potentially start uh, a championship game? So that would be the question I would have, whether Coventry's lack of depth might see you fall short in this one. That's that's what I'm going with. So I'll say 2-1 to Blaze. Uh, Ken, what's your view? Is there? Uh, he's not there. Ken's Glenn? froze. Yeah. Ken's what's froze. Um, okay, yeah. I'm trying to think because it's the first away game that I've done after, with my dad in a while. So um, I hope we win, but I've got a sneaky feeling there'll be a late goal and it'll probably be a 1 0 defeat to Blues or it'll be a 1 1 draw and that'll, that'll kill us off. I love us to probably win. By a few goals, I think we do owe Blues one for the FA Cup. It's still a sore point from that season, um, but yeah, I still don't know quite how we managed to throw that game away twice. Uh, Ken, we'll bring you back. What's your, what's your view? Right, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm back with you. Can you hear me now? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're, you're back in the Bermuda. Two, one, two, two. 
Yeah. I'm. Yeah, I mean, my my personal view of this game, I think. I do worry about Taylor from from our point of view. I think he's going to be a massive threat. He's already scored against us this season for Forest. Um, I think he's he's a very very good striker. He always seems to score against us. I actually think that we won't be a nil nil draw. I think it's. I, I think I'm going to go for um, my favourite of being sitting on the fence. So I'm going to go for a one one um, because I think Birmingham are a different type of team to, to Fulham. I think I don't know. I just I just don't. I think I think it's a big ask. I, I think it's possible we can win there, but I just I just don't think I don't see it happening. I, I think it's going to be a draw for me. Um, and I think it's there's a lot there's a lot expected on the players, particularly Jokeres to score the goals. Um, today was a great win, but Birmingham is, is is a big is a tough game. But the only thing I will say on our favour is that you know playing at Blues like last season regularly, we know we know the ground quite well, so that might help us a little bit. Um, I think Blues are. I think they're they're pretty a bit disappointed this season, but I think I think the Taylor for me is is perked them up a little bit. Um, I'm not. I, I want us to win because I, I think you know we've got to give it everything, and I think as I said at the start, I think top ten finish would be good. But I think for this game, I'm going to sit on the fence. I'm afraid of one one for me, which is my favourite kind of start to a lot of these games. What what? <laughs> wrong. What, a surpri- wrong. what a surprise that is, Mark. What a surprise. Yeah, well, I, did, I said I said last podcast I thought we would win four 0 and look what happened today. So there were four goals in it. It just has to happen. We got three of them. So there you go. Yeah, well, Victoria's sitting opposite me. She just said Mark's going to say one one. Yeah, well, that's my default. That's my default score, isn't it? So then, if if whoever wins, then I, they can't give me stick because I just said one one. I never, I never not come into a team. Uh, it's one of them games. And all I see it's one of them games that I can see either team win. I know it sounds a strange one. I think it's that it's, it's always been tight. We never, there's never been a win. I can't remember last. Is it 2013? You were saying earlier about the last game, of, the last uh, week. 2011. 2011. Bloody hell. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, I think we, we're good enough to beat Blues, but it's again, it's, it's can we keep t- Taylor quiet? Can we, you know, can we, you know, make them big saves? And it's, it's a lot of these games are close games. So, I just. It'd be great to win. It'd be a great one to win because I think then if we win that game from our point of view, hopefully teams will slip up above us and then we can really put some pressure on that playoffs because I think it's actually up for grabs this season. I think Sheffield United are sixth. It's not, not a nailed on certainty. They're going to be sixth. They're a good side at home, but away from home, they, they can slip up. So it's all to play for. Let's just, just hope we can get the right result. Let's just see what happens, really. So, yeah. Um, so I think that rounds off tonight's uh, podcast. So I want to extend my thanks Ken Stewart, Glenn Watkin, Blues supporters, Gabriel Sutton, Tom Oxland. Thanks for your time, guys, tonight. No um, next next episode will be on Easter Sunday, where hopefully we'll be talking about another victory at, at, at Blues. Uh, we'll be having um, one a guy from the Bournemouth, I can't remember his name, from the Bournemouth podcast coming on on Sunday uh, to preview the Bournemouth game on Easter Monday at the CBS Arena. Thanks for listening. Good night. Play up Sky Blues, and we'll talk to you on Sunday. Good night.